This is Being Better, the podcast about the science behind mindsets and practices that make us happier, wiser, and healthier. My name is Julia Spohr, and I am your host. Join us as each week we break down scientific research and bring you true stories of people from all walks of life to help you make better decisions that will shape your tomorrow. I'm so happy that you're here. I hope that you are well. I hope that you feel happy, healthy, and supported. And if you don't, that's okay. I hope that I can improve your day somehow. Um, And recently, I don't know, I've been listening to some podcasts and watching some videos. And I realized that the ones that I enjoy most are ones in which the host just gets straight to the point. So I I think I'm just going to do that. I Today, I want to come back to doing these good old dives into scientific research which supports concepts you already know or you weren't aware that you know these episodes in which we break apart into digestible pieces the subjects uh, that we are thinking about and subjects that directly or indirectly influence our happiness and well-being and you know becoming happier wiser healthier And today, I want to break apart the subject of how relationships are made and how to build deep connection and give you some studies, some research and some tangible knowledge uh, which explains each of those pieces. So this episode is going to be this combination of what my personal experiences and feelings are towards how connection is built and also different opinions of my different friends whom I asked that exact question of what do you think makes for a strong connection it can be platonic it can be romantic Uh, I think just overall relationships uh, are built in this very particular way and I think each of us individually makes their own equation their own recipe for love Uh, and I want to give you some tips, some suggestions of what yours uh, might be. Because, you know, relationships have the potential to build you up and improve almost all areas of your life because people can nurture you, inspire, motivate and help you become a better person. And also they can serve as a mirror and aid in overcoming many insecurities or things that you're ashamed of and uh, become more confident in who you are and become less apologetic and just own who you really are but also you know on the other hand relationships in your life have the potential um, if you are not careful or if you are not spending time with the uh, right people or you do not put effort into making the right connections I think the relationships in your life also have that potential to to ruin you and to really drain you and I think Every one of us has experienced that at some point in their lives. Um, you know, these are the the relationships which are toxic and 
slowly, maybe even without you noticing, drain your enthusiasm. You know, you might be very uh, excited about a new hobby or obsession or a topic and that person can, you know, bring you down and really discourage you. And I think we've all been in those relationships in which we have the potential to fall into destructive mental and physical habits and so relationships i think and how they are built and how they are maintained uh, i think this is a very important subject that we really don't talk about uh, these days i mean i think we exchange information about it or we gossip or uh, talk about you know someone breaking up with someone or dating someone or stuff but i don't think um that in the conversation regarding you know happiness, wellness, mindfulness, we really talk about the importance of spending time with the right people or the right way to spend time with people. And also from what I've noticed in my life and also in the people around me, I don't think that we have ever felt more disconnected and isolated than we do today and that's only logical because of that physical distance which was required of us during the pandemic uh, and that caused emotional distance in our personal relationships as well Uh, and I know that even though it's been some time since we have had to be like physically separated and and stay within our homes for months on end Uh, But I think um, this distance and this uneasiness in building new relationships or meeting new people or a lot of us lost touch with with some friends uh, over the course of the uh, last couple of years. And I think we've all been uh, like our social skills were truly harmed uh, during the pandemic I've, I've noticed that uh, in myself especially I think the younger generation which you know we already you know we've grown up with the internet and I think that honestly that's what I've always thought that our social skills and like the easiness of just starting a conversation with a stranger for example on a bus stop or in the store I've noticed that me and my friends are struggling with that way more than the generation of my parents or grandparents Uh, so I think that newer generation like Gen Z or late millennials I think it's it's harder for us already and within the pandemic I think a lot of us lost a lot of uh, those social skills and I think that has taken a toll on us because, you know, I've been open about that and I will be honest with you again by saying that in recent months, it has been hard for me on different levels in in life and it, it has been definitely difficult for me to maintain my mental health and I am doing my best to practice self-compassion, mindfulness and slow living and they do work wonders. Uh, however, I would say that the single most important factor which has provided me with a sense of stability and safety and uh, something that I can rely on and really take measures to take care of myself has been the closest relationships in my life. I do not know where I would be without so many of my closest friends and family members. Um, 
but also like I don't know where I would be without uh, this couple of random yet extremely meaningful interactions with strangers that I had um, over the last uh, couple of weeks even. So yes, I think it's very vital to talk about and to remind ourselves what factors in our attitude and environment make for strong connections with the potential to nurture and inspire all parties involved. So first of all, I want to start with what I've been feeling and also what the research suggests, because you know that I'm super interested in psychology and I've been studying that for a while. And I am a really big believer in the social penetration theory which for me I think it's like one of the most powerful variable in in my equation of love and this is the concept of the exchange of vulnerability Uh, so that is yes scientifically called with that unfortunate name of the social penetration theory it was developed in 1973 by psychologist Erwin Altman and Dalmas Taylor and it states that the relationships begin and deepen through self-disclosure so this theory not only says that as the connection strengthens, people become more vulnerable, but it actually suggests that the connections between people strengthen because of that vulnerability. That the reason we start to grow really fond of one another and and become comfortable in one another's company is because of shared, deep, honest, vulnerable conversations. You know, in the beginning, people establish relationships by disclosing like simple, harmless facts about ourselves through small talk, you know, favorite kind of music or coffee or tea. Uh, But as relationships grow, the rate of self-disclosure slows and the facts disclosed become increasingly more intimate in nature. Intimate self-disclosure allows other people to penetrate a person's public persona and discover their innermost self. And actually, it has also been found that relationships stagnate when people involved actually refuse to self-disclose. And at least for me, this makes perfect sense because I've actually believed that this is how I fall in love both platonically and romantically for years before knowing that this is an actual psychological theory. I've always told my friends that for me love is based on mutual admiration and trust that I think it is built through deep conversations in which I share my hopes, my dreams, my fears, insecurities, struggles, traumas, successes and and beliefs and I show you in this way that I care about you I show you that I consider you worthy of my time and worthy of getting to know me um, that I value you so much that I think the possibility of you hurting me is far outweighed by the potential connection that we might build and this theory suggests that when I take the most fragile part of myself you know things that I'm insecure about or or scared of and I'm I don't know I make them into a fragile little glass ball which I beautifully wrap and give it to you to gently hold and trust that you will accept me as I am and then you do the same for me you give me the most fragile parts of you and we are able to then hold these little fragile balls of insecurity for one another this is how we build connection 
the exchange of vulnerability is what creates this sense of trust and safety and fondness and then comfort. You know, I'm not gonna lie, vulnerability is scary and like I'm saying, there is this big possibility that when I open myself up, you will hurt me and you will leave me, you know, broken and therefore I think that really even makes that potential exchange of vulnerability even more powerful because when you show me and we exchange those most vulnerable parts through that social penetration, um, it makes me feel honored uh, that you would see me uh, as a person that is worthy of knowing the full you, uh, that you like me so much or yeah, that you appreciate or that you see me somehow as a part of your future and you take me as seriously that you think that it is important uh, that I know um, those scary things that you think that the cost benefit uh, you know it's 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 high and that the potential harm that I could cause you is outweighed by the benefit that could come out of it and so I I, I feel appreciated by you when you do that and further, uh, we really also like knowing that we are not the only ones struggling with our demons. So I think whenever you talk to a friend or a stranger and open up about your struggles and they tell you that they've been frustrated with the very same things, it makes you feel like you've gotten closer somehow. Like there is this invisible bond of understanding between you two and so this further strengthens the connection because now you know that you're kind of in this together and so this shows how vulnerability and also honesty i think this is very much linked with the importance of honesty in relationships because not only does it make for more effective communication but it also strengthens the trust and that sense of I really can rely on you and your honest judgment in tough times. And I think that honesty, right. I think sometimes you just want a person who will honestly tell you what is it like, give you honest feedback. And that also makes you see that person as more valuable. And actually, there is a study from 1996 that I will link in the episode description that has noted that relationship satisfaction uh, was found to be strongly correlated with perceived levels of honesty. And specifically, perceived levels of honesty and relationship satisfaction were found to be correlated the strongest within personal relationships as opposed to professional relationships or like other social dimensions. Um, so honesty is extremely important in, in so many different ways. Um, but I think you can tell if someone is honest uh, with you and when you really see that this is a person that is not disclosing any parts of themselves you know that there is no not any scheme that they're not trying to use you in any way and usually you can tell that when they are sharing something which is difficult you know sometimes you can tell that a person is honest with you when they are saying something that you don't usually expect them to say like you know you're asking how how are you and they're saying actually i'm pretty pretty bad and i'm not feeling great today because usually their response is yeah i'm fine how are you uh, and i think that those little actually moments of honesty have really the huge potential to 
strengthened relationships. Um, and that being said, uh, it, that doesn't mean that you need to say every thought that enters your head uh, to your friend or to your partner. Because being honest isn't about being hurtful or overly critical or righteous. I think it is possible to be sensitive to another person's feelings while being truthful about your own. And I think the best way to go about it is by allowing or inviting the same openness to the person that we would like to hear from them. So sometimes it will not necessarily be pretty. Sometimes honest conversations are really hard and really scary. And sometimes they are not really pleasant. But I believe that if the connection between you is based on mutual respect for one another and the sheer intention of lifting each other up, honesty can only do you good. And that has been proven by, by many studies. And it is really a one of the most important tips on how to build meaningful connections and relationships. So honesty and vulnerability were one of the most common responses of what do you think makes for strong connections and, and love. But Uh, the people that I asked, um, some of them also responded that one of the most important factors in how they fall in love platonically and romantically is through having positive shared memories with a person. And I never thought about that really, but I think there are many parts of that because First of all, it also builds like a sense of we're in this together because you can uh, reminisce about the moments that you've been in and talk about how it was. Very often, it's those are like funny situations. So then you can bring humor into it. Or sometimes it's just like you with a person against, you know, the world or like you were in the in an embarrassing situation or it was a crisis and the other person saved you. And um, it, it gives you this sense of uh, a bond. But also, you know, at the end of the day, I think what we have is our memory. And most of the things that we do, you know, buying a trip to a nice place or going to a concert or going to a nice restaurant. Like, I think the thing that we spend a lot of money on is um, thing that we can have positive memories of. And uh, sometimes the positive memories itself are more valuable than the experience while we, we, we've been there. And so uh, I think this this emphasis on memory is really quite logical because right at the end of the day when you sit and you are in the present moment um, very often we are not quite present and we do not think about what I'm grateful for now but what you have been grateful for and how you can repeat that and when you think about what you've been grateful for and when you have that uh, exercise the three blessings exercise most often I think people um, gravitate towards being grateful for their you know, significant other, their children, their partners, their friends or uh, or colleagues. And I think that makes perfect sense because they are the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of like positive memories or things that made you feel good. And so their value goes above your purchases or moments in which, you know, you had 
a meal by yourself. Uh, and also there is research. I, th- I think I've talked about that uh, a lot in the past, but there is like research which found that when you eat, I think that was ice cream in that uh, study. I do not remember which that was, but when I do, I will also put that in the episode description. Um, but it was that people had their favorite ice cream in one condition and then in the another condition, they were eating the same ice cream with a person that they love and it turns out that uh, their perceived levels of taste like satisfaction from that meal like how good the ice cream tasted was actually way higher when they shared the experience uh, and it's it's quite funny for me uh, but it makes sense from like an evolutionary standpoint as social social animals which uh, need to exchange resources and help one another so that the species can survive. But I think it makes sense that we value shared memories so much because uh, when we are going on vacation, having a meal, we will enjoy that moment much, much more when it's with someone, when we are sharing um, that joy, that pleasure and actually there is like research which found social bonding to be one of the key functions of human memory so the way that actually love is built uh, in the way that maybe it is not built in animals which do not have a long-lasting memory it's because of memory our relationships we love so strongly and other animals such as elephants or dolphins or dolphins dogs (laughs) dogs <laughs> animals with a longer memory might love more strongly uh, because of that because of these positive shared memories and the research that i've been going into found that sharing memories serves as an important social function because of the facilitation of relationship closeness between the partners for example during the conversation the partners can reminisce on past events together they can exchange their thoughts and feelings ac- express their empathy towards each other and form a joint perspective about what has happened and again like i said it it is like this we're in this together and we have been in that moment we have been in that moment together and uh, it creates a sense of unit you go from being you and me into being a we when you have a shared positive experience but one could logically argue that in this situation what makes for this strong connection is just talking about one another right it's just having a conversation honest uh, interaction but what the researchers found is that actually when you are just talking about something that you've been through me singularly without you it does not have that strong of an effect so again, the other tip that I can give you from, from this research is to really make sure that you are focusing on dates. And I'm saying that as a friend date or a romantic date, you know, taking each other out on a meal or going on a trip together or taking a pottery class or like whatever you like doing, going to see movies. This is going to be much, much more, much more valuable in building the connection than, for example, you know, exchanging gifts for like a Christmas or an anniversary. Because in this way, experiences are actually much more valuable long term. (laughs) 
And from other responses uh, to the question of what do you think makes for a strong connection? How do you fall in love? People responded quite strongly that they really like when they can like goof around with with one another and they can be really comfortable and that also makes perfect sense because you want to uh, not be trying as hard as when you are you know out there fighting during the day working and, and being the bad as you are and so uh, it really is important to make each other feel comfortable seen and again that kind of comes back to the point of honesty and vulnerability and also a lot of people uh, had said that they really fall easily fall in love with people who are just good listeners who make them feel heard and seen and those are the people who ask them questions i that i found that quite interesting that what we are attracted to is simply having a person who pays interest to what we are saying to who we are they ask the question of how are you what are you doing what are you interested in how has been your day can i help you somehow and that is so powerful i think because very often we're just so focused on where we are at and how we are feeling and our problems and our struggles Um, and so whenever there is a person who takes active uh, effort to really show that they are interested in us that is very striking and that does make us feel loved so again that comes out as another tip just pay attention and pay interest and ask questions to the person uh, that you love and want to make them feel loved and lastly gratitude is an incredibly important part of love and connection so it's not only you know having the good experiences or the good conversations but also being able to step back and appreciate it and appreciate that person and appreciate one another gratitude is linked with happiness and joy but also with a a greater sense of belonging and there were some studies that have found that when people express more gratitude to one another and especially for one another they tend to feel better about themselves and others and in addition studies found that when people heard someone express gratitude they were more likely to form a meaningful relationship with that person because of that constructive connotations of appreciation um And I think positivity is also something that is uh, incredibly important, at least in my case. This episode might be a little random, but I I want to come back to that because I know that I can become pretty drained in a relationship in which I feel like the only thing we do is like complain and and we're quite negative and we one-up each other in like how our life is bad and how everyone hates us and that people are annoying and frustrating. And I personally am very uh, attracted to people who actually change my perspective. And like when I am saying that this was not nice or that I am struggling with this, they can see and validate my feelings, but they can also provide me with a more positive uh, perspective on that. I know that a lot of people are also very attracted to that and also makes for uh, a more pleasant experience and also stronger connections. And actually relationships have the potential to make us see the world in a more positive way because uh, i found in the neuroscience and more like biological approach that romance and, and love deactivates the neuropathways that are responsible for negative emotions such as fear or social judgment 
So these positive and negative feelings involve two neurological pathways. One is linked with more positive emotions and it is connected to the prefrontal cortex and to the nucleus accumbens, while the other, which is linked with negative emotions, connects the nucleus to the amygdala. So when we are engaged in romantic love, the neural machinery responsible for making critical assessments of other people shuts down. And that is somehow an explanation for the saying, love is blind. We have this neural basis for why we're happy and we have rose-colored glasses and why we see everything in more like a saturated filter when we are happy in love or we feel good because we have seen a friend whom we haven't seen in a while. So here you have it. Here is the guide of how to build connection, how to build meaningful relationships with that scientific research as background so you can really just go on now you're armed with the knowledge and go on and spread the love i think that really has the potential to really inspire you to motivate you to you know become a better person and uh, you know we can fight it and i i especially like trust me in the past i have been super uneasy with the fact that i'm so dependent on other people emotionally and like with everything like I was thinking that actually I I don't want to have a family I don't want to be in a relationship like I maybe it's not like I don't want to but I don't want to have to like I don't want love to be like the ultimate goal in my life because at the end of the day you cannot control if a person is or is not with you because people can change they can love you but they can stop loving you and I don't want to be dependent on that But then I realized that actually it's in my nature. It's pretty much written within my DNA uh, and my entire biology attracts me to other people. And I, I cannot pretend that they do not make my life better because at the end of the day, it's impossible for me to live without other people. I am dependent on them and there is no... Um, denying that I'm dependent on them with food with education with travel with everything water electricity internet whatever it is I am so dependent on other people and I I'm tired I think of, of fighting that because I don't think there is a point that is the reality we've been born in and and the reality is other people make us feel so good and so I think that I don't want to have to fight that And in turn, I just want to make sure that the relationships that I have really nurture me and that I can decrease the potential bad negative feelings and the, the hurt that we can cause to one another. And we can grow and we can really try to just to just make each other feel better because I do think that pos that is possible. Like Conflict is inevitable. We are separate creatures with our own needs and own thoughts and beliefs But I think, again, if you have honesty and uh, respect for one another, most of the problems that you will approach are solvable. So, yes, I think I've changed my approach recently um, into really trying to nurture instead of fight uh, this instinct that is my entire, you know, body, thoughts and, and, and soul and mind and, and culture. So these are the tips, the lessons that I've found in myself and in, you know, by asking the people around me. But I'm super curious, what are you thinking? What do you think is the cause 
behind you falling in love or building connection what is for you the recipe for good relationships you can send me an email over at podcast.beingbetter.gmail.com you can find me on instagram at beingbetter.pod or at julia spor it's j-u-l-i-a-s-z-p-o-r and that is also the same thing for tiktok i love hearing your messages love hearing your thoughts and i think this one especially is very it's a very important subject because i think it's pretty subjective so i want to hear your thoughts if you want the thoughts to be played in a future episode it can be an anonymous recording um, but if you would like to share your own response you can send me a voice message on those platforms and i would love to to include your opinions and your voices if you agree or disagree with me that is great so go on send me the message reach out and i'll be sure to respond as soon as possible please take care of yourself if you can of someone else too and i will speak to you in the next episode being better is edited and produced by julia spore you can learn more about the show and about other work over at our website beingbetter.info and the instagram is at beingbetter.pod if you want to support us the best way to do that is by word of mouth so if you can please tell your family your friends and what the hell also tell your enemies you know we don't discriminate on this podcast so tell them about the show tell them about why you like it and about why you like the incredibly amazing and very humble host you can also share it on social media platforms and if you tag us we'll make sure to reply thank you so much for joining us today and i'll speak to you very very soon